0: Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It's just like your family treats you. Find your healthy family at northmemorial.com slash family. Welcome to another episode of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by Ben Gessling at U.S. Bank Stadium.
1: Hello, Andrew. Quite a uh, quite uh an afternoon Yeah, at you, U.S.
0: Bank Stadium. You can say that twice because this... This is a Vikings team that just got trounced by a winless Falcons team. Really no other way to put it other than a listless loss. The worst one of the season, especially when you look back at how the other teams have fared that they'd already lost to Ben, I guess where do you start in a 40 to 23 loss to a Falcons team and specifically a defense as we were just talking about before the podcast, that was so bad going into this game. I guess. Yeah. Just start me out. Where, where do you start from where this, uh, this game ended?
1: I guess, after the week that we heard, we heard a lot of we're improving. We've played all of these games against teams that are undefeated. We've you know we played three teams that are undefeated. Another team that's lost uh, was three and two. We see all this improvement. We see all this progress. We just need to put it together. It gets really hard, I think, to say that when you turn around and you have a game against a team that, was 0-5, just fired everybody, and comes in basically. I mean, and they were fired up perhaps with a new coach, but it it opens up a lot of questions because if you play that way against a team that fired everybody that was basically in the same spot you were record wise, what gives you the right to sort of say, everything's fine, everything's gonna be fine, let's just trust it going forward. So and I don't think anything's going to happen this week with regard to him. The, the question everybody's asking us is, are they going to fire Rick Spielman, general manager, Mike Zimmer, the head coach? I I don't see that happening, especially after the Vikings just gave both of them three-year deals. But it gets a little hard to sit there and say, everything is fine. This is all according to plan. We just need to work harder and get better. When the team that just beat you – As badly, I think, as we've seen them get beat in this building in a long time, is 0-5 and and is coming off just having flipped the whole thing over with its own front office.
0: Yeah, and I think before the game, if you had told me that, all right, you know, Matt Ryan is going to get back on track with Julio Jones, because let's, let's keep this in perspective, too, for our listeners. Matt Ryan hadn't thrown a touchdown pass in 11 quarters. Boy, Coming oh into boy. this game, this offense was struggling. They did yeah. not have Julio Jones, who they did get back this week, which was obviously a big help to them. It certainly was. Um, but if you were to tell me that before the game that this is what's going to happen, they're going to throw four touchdowns, it's going to be uh, give you the, the the feeling that it's a shootout, I think, okay, it's kind of like last week. Seattle, you know, if you're the Vikings, you're just hoping, okay, you're going to be in it by the end. And to me, the most um, unforgivable performance is Kirk Cousins. Yeah. It's the offense. I agree. It's the fact that you get to this point where, yes, you know your defense is going to be vulnerable. It's not going to be very good. You at least need to protect the ball and at least run it with Alexander Madison. This Falcons defense was allowing 32 points a game, over 400 yards a game. They were so bad. They were so bad going into this game, Ben. Everybody thought Alexander Madison is destined to go off for 100 yards, and they're going to carry the the game that Dalvin Cook normally carries them. This, to me, had everything to do with Kirk Cousins, and, and it started with that that interception right off the bat.
1: Yeah, first play of the game, I mean, kind of similar to what we saw last week with K.J. Wright where he's trying to force it to Justin Jefferson and the linebacker on a zone drop makes a play. And he basically said after the game, he said that was the worst of the three. He said there was nothing, no surprises with the coverage. It was just he was in a zone drop, and I tried to fit it over him and forced it in. And that takes, I mean, and it was interesting too because the Vikings win the toss. They typically defer, like a lot of times defer, but they said, we want to put our offense on the field first against this defense, set the tone right away, get the lead. And that's the first thing you do. Okay, now you're you're opening, your coin toss is gone and you've staked the Falcons to great field position to get it, get their own touchdown. So, I mean, yeah, that that play to start the game I think kind of was a harbinger of a bad day right away.
0: It's just, it's one of these things too, where Kirk, you don't see him necessarily, maybe the Denver game last year, you see him bounce back from horrific starts. But it, if it starts like this, it's usually like the Colts game. It's usually like a game where he just totally falls apart and you just have bad Kirk for the day, it almost seems. And it seems for much of today, they did up until the second half when the Falcons backed things off and they were up three scores They couldn't get anything going on the ground or through the air. And it was Kirk just not seeing things or making those bad decisions, like you said, on the first play of the game. Um, This is more than just, oh, they were without Dalvin Cook. I mean, this was supposed to be a game where you produced. And, and Ben, we saw a little bit of the frustration where you see Adam Thielen standing on the sideline, like, away from the entire offense. It was akin to what Teddy Bridgewater did when he was still here and he did not want to be part of this team, or at least wasn't uh, uh, wearing the Vikings logo with pride like he once did. And so it's just you, you see the frustration, and you didn't need a fight on the sideline to tell the story this time because we've seen it play out. And and this is a situation where Kirk had thrown to Adam Thielen just a couple times in this game up until garbage time, and he just was not seeing the open guy. And And, yes, Ezra Cleveland's making his first start. You've got a lot of pressure on the offensive line coming up, but this is not new. Kirk's been dealing with this his entire career here in Minnesota. Um, I just, when, when you say that, yes, the fans are asking us, do they fire Zimmer, do they fire Spielman? To me, the still big question is, what do you do with Kirk Cousins, the guy you just extended, because you're kind of stuck with him?
1: Well, it, it, there were a number of throws today where you see him sitting there hitching, and you see him scanning looking for somewhere to go with the ball. And we'll have to go back and, and watch it, as they often say. <laughs> go back and watch the tape. But you do need to go back and see what the coverage looked like. Is it that he didn't have anywhere to go with the ball or that he didn't trust himself to put it in there and make a throw, which we've seen him struggle with at times as well? I tend to think when you have that long to throw, I mean, it could be that you only have a few guys out and you're you're in max protection and and they have enough people to cover the routes that you have out there. But – there also seemed like a number of times where he could have had somewhere to go with the ball and just was kind of hitching and, and didn't do anything, and that gets you in trouble as well. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of questions about that performance for him. The turnovers have gone way up this year. I mean, he's thrown 10 picks in six games. I think it's only the third or fourth time in his career he's had double-digit picks for a season, certainly the most he's had at this point in the year in his career, and, and certainly with the Vikings as well. So, yeah, I mean, you're you're in a spot now with him where, like you said, you're financially, there's not an easy way out of this. And even if you were to clean house with the coaching staff, you would have to have somebody come in and say, okay, you're financially kind of backed into a corner with this guy or you have to eat it and just move on. But it doesn't make it very easy when – the decision they made was let's move forward with this and let's try to do all of this on the fly where we have to rebuild the defense and stick with the offense in a way that we want to try to win. It's not just let's hit a hard reset and and go forward. And that is hard to do, I get, after you go to the playoffs and and everybody's excited about that. But the, the other problem here is that Kirk Cousins, the inefficiency he's had on offense, you don't get a lot of a break anymore you don't have a defense that can go make a stop and keep you in the game you now have to score just about every time down because that defense is being remade and is too young in a lot of ways to help anybody out
0: and kirk seemed to realize i mean i think some of the the instant knee-jerk reaction was well you got to bench kirk you got to bench kirk um and it was interesting well that's 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 a big part of it too it's you know, is, is Sean Mannion really going to give you Mannion, excuse me, going to give you that fresh start, you know, as, or any kind of spark. And I I don't think the Vikings believe that nor should the fans. Um, But with Kirk, Ben, it was interesting to hear him afterwards say that I understand if this keeps up the interception rate specifically keeps up, I won't finish the year as the starter.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and then it's, it almost either has to be Sean Mannion or something really, really drastic. And I don't even know how you fit that in financially at this point or, just it teams don't do that in the middle of the season. They don't add quarterbacks. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because we've seen it seven years ago, but ordinarily teams do not add starting quarterbacks in the middle of the season and expect them to come in and be the guy. And Josh Freeman's not walking through those no, doors. No, Josh Freeman's not walking through those doors. That's why I laughed because that's what I was thinking of. And I, I say they don't do that. And I have a mention of the Josh Freeman game in my game story for the paper tomorrow, because it was almost seven years ago and it was the last time, the Vikings were one and four, lost to a winless Giants team on Monday Night Football. So a lot of parallels to that game, at least in terms of where they were and the team that they lost to. So it, you don't probably have a great way out of that box this year, but you know, it, it, I just, I'm kind of at a loss with what you do because it's not like Sean Mannion has gone out and been productive enough to say okay yeah we can turn things over to him it's it's not like he's an established backup quarterback and the guys behind him haven't played a meaningful action in the nfl not only that they haven't had a preseason this year so you're
0: at a loss mike zimmer seemed like he was at a loss he said i think he used the word strange a couple times to describe not only kirk's first interception and the decision to throw that but also he kind of did what he does which he called out well we didn't run the ball enough have enough opportunities and said that the play calling was kind of strange at times too and now Um, Zimmer talked about defensively needing to improve, but he was not shying away from saying this offense didn't give us what we needed.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and we hear that kind of back and forth a lot with Zimmer and and Kirk where it's kind of these little, okay, the offense needs to be better and help out. It's like, okay, but the whole thing needs to work together. It's not one person is responsible for one side of it. One person is responsible for the other. I mean, the whole group needs to work together and it, it just doesn't seem like that's happening at the moment. And I mean, you just, you look all around the roster and and the offensive line again, feels like there's not a a great way out of that box with the way they're currently constructed. Uh, Dalvin cook, I would think they're going to try to get back for the Packers game, but Again, do you rush him back with an injury that may take a little bit more time? We'll have to see. Um, Every level of the defense, you can point to issues, and and injuries certainly are part of the story there, but you can point to a lot of things where they said, we're going to go in with a young group of corners and not bring in a veteran because we think we can do this with a a young group. So it's really, really hard to look at it and say that there's a quick fix that's available to them right now short of, the people that are on this roster are suddenly getting a lot better in a very short amount of time. Yeah, especially defensively.
0: Um, as you mentioned with the corners, Mike Hughes exited this game with a neck injury. He's had that neck injury pop up a couple times this year. Um, Not
1: related to last year's, though.
0: Well, no, Mike Zimmer said, I don't think so, which is his way of, you never, you can't take that as a You truth. heard the
1: skepticism in my voice <laughs> when I said that though, right?
0: <laughs> yes. I, yeah. I, did. I just want to make sure the listeners know, you can't take, certainly take that at face value because I think he said something like, I don't believe it's related anyway. It doesn't mean anything. Um, so Mike, while well, we know for the facts are as they stand, which is Mike Hughes' season in 2019 ended with a fractured vertebra in his neck. Uh, Eight months later, nine months later, he pops up on the injury report after a game with a neck injury, misses two games, comes back. Um, It would have been last week in Seattle, plays again today against the Falcons, exits in the second quarter with the neck injury. So they were left with Jeff Gladney, Cameron Dantzler, and then Harrison Hand, the fifth round rookie, gets his first ever NFL snaps in this game. He wasn't necessarily beat for a touchdown, but three of Ryan's four touchdowns went against Gladney or danceler it was one of those things where I get it Julio Jones Calvin Ridley they're going to do that to, to yeah. guys um, but we're not used to seeing it necessarily outside of 2020 against a Vikings defense but I guess fans just have to get used to it because if Mike Zimmer's not going to own up to coaching needing to be better he's going to keep putting it on his players and saying that it's just the rookies who need to develop
1: well and it. the thing is it Jeff Gladney has now started, and I think Cameron Dancers at this point too, you only needed to have started two games as a rookie to have started more games for Mike Zimmer as a rookie corner than any other player in Minnesota. He's, he simply has not started rookie corners, and I think Trey Waynes did it a couple of times because there were injuries that forced that to happen. He Even going back to his days in Dallas, it only happened on something of a rare basis. Terrence Newman, Roy Williams, those are the only guys that were really – full-time starters as defensive backs, as rookies. That said, it, it, it's, it, one of two things happened. Either they felt so backed into a corner financially that they had no choice but to say, okay, we're going to draft a bunch of guys and just roll with it and hope for the best. Or it was a pretty major miscalculation to think that we can go out there and play with this group this year and expect to win and compete. Now, the, I suppose the door number three there is we didn't expect that a pandemic was going to wipe out our entire training camp. But by the time you built your offseason, coronavirus was a thing. I mean, you knew this was going to have some effect that had already shut down the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL. So you knew that you were potentially in a short development cycle for the season, short preparation time for the season. So it, it's, I mean, you just sit there and look at it, 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 it kind of invites the question of, how did we sit here and think this was all going to work? I mean, they said it, and you—you know, you, you, at the time you write what they say, and, and you kind of hope that you lead people to the conclusion that, okay, they're saying this, you can figure out whether or not you believe it. But, boy, at this point it, it, it's hard to sit there and as you put all the facts together and say – how did we think this was going to work? Well, part of
0: it, right, was was some of their veterans just wanting to get out of here and leaving. Yeah, it was, yeah there's some of that. It was Xavier Rhodes um, turning down a deal to come back and going to Indy on a deal that wasn't necessarily that financially great. And then to that um, point, Mackenzie Alexander did the uh, ultimate of that, where he took such a cheap deal to get out of here. He did not want to be here. And the Vikings had made him an offer that, that uh, his side had said wasn't competitive, but we know they tried to get him back, at least in some fashion, and that wasn't the case. They didn't uh, end up bringing him or Rhodes back with deals, and then they wanted to re-sign Linval. Linval didn't, did not want to agree to the kind of pay that, that they were willing to give.
1: So Tried to sign Everson Griffin as well.
0: Yeah, when you talk about financially strapped, a lot of it was just for once. A lot of these guys said, you know what? I'm not going to take the hometown discount like a Harrison Smith potentially did, or even Daniel Hunter, that deal is so cheap. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples, but they've had guys that have stayed. Oh, Anthony Barr yeah. could have took more money to go to New York. Um, so they just had a, an off season where they, I think the plans to get younger were expedited because some of the guys they even wanted to keep were like, nah, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, Trey and,
1: Waynes too, although I think well, that's hey, probably a mutual thing there. Hey, I think everybody is kind of, agree that was for the best
0: and i think they knew they'd be priced out of him you know and mckenzie's one of those where you're like yeah, if you're trying to kind of come back on a one-year deal we could do it for you and then rose was such a reclamation project that i don't think anybody thought he was going to get much of anything no and here he's doing pretty well in indy um so they find themselves in this spot and then of course the daniel injuries the anthony barr injuries um you know it's it leads to an interesting point about yannick ngakwe who said when he came here when the vikings traded for him he said he took six, we have to remember and we should remind people, he took six million less yes. to come to this. Yes. And he wanted to get out of a loser in Jacksonville and I'm not comparing the franchises. The Vikings have much, much fewer losing seasons, much more um, success than the than Jacksonville who's the bottom tier of the NFL. But is this kind of a season going to be the one that Yannick turns around after the year and goes, yeah, I'm going to resign and stay here now and think that I'm going to look ahead to what the future could be like with Daniel Hunter. Losses like this make me think that that could make a guy like that re-question his decision
1: but but you almost if you're the vikings have to try because of what you gave up to get him and they will sell it as we can have both of these guys and we can have hunter when he comes back but if if you're hunter and, and from what i heard this week we i think are fairly close to hunter making a decision to shut it down and I don't think we're going to see him again. There's certainly no point. After this? After this. <laughs> I mean, he. I think from what I heard this week, he was thinking that way before this game. But after this, there's no point. And so that you have to – you you figure he gets a surgery, helps put it all that back together, his, his neck, and, and helps everything be fine so that it's not an issue from going forward. But you have to then sell Ngakwe on something that he hasn't seen and say you can pair up with Daniel Hunter and and have a, a pretty good combination there but yeah i mean it's another one of those where they'll have to try to save face on the trade to some degree and probably try to put those two guys together but yeah if you're him i'm not sure that this would be a great sales pitch to say yeah i'm going to take the rest of my prime and and spend it here
0: yeah cuz the vikings i mean they yeah i guess the sales pitch would be not only Daniel Hunter but Michael Pierce potentially yep coming and then basically forming a new defensive line. Anthony Barr
1: is healthy by that point.
0: Yeah, potentially forming a new defensive line around him because this year is just, boy, it's turning into a dumpster fire. I mean, this Falcons loss, I knew, coming into this, I thought, okay, you know, there's a potential that you get, you know, lose a shootout. I didn't think the offense would look this bad, and this is now two times in six games against the Colts and the Falcons or when the running game has gone dormant, Kirk Cousins has turned into, uh, yeah, like I said, a dumpster fire. It's been it's been awful. Um, they had th- three rushing first downs today against Atlanta. Last time that happened was against the Colts. It's just a theme. If the if he doesn't have that running game, they don't have that ground game going. This is not a team that can drop back with its offensive line or its quarterback and win you games, even against a bad defense in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, and it it, it I feel like a lot of this is bringing us back to the big existential questions, but then what are you paying for? I mean, if you're if you're going to have a quarterback that can't function without a running game, and, and I'm not saying that he has to go be Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they're paying him like those guys, but everybody knows kind of that he's not that, and he had a lot of leverage when he did his deals and, and executed that to the best of his ability. His agent certainly did, and, and that – put them where they are but and he said that he's not that guy but I I still think there has to be something in between I'm at my best when I have some other things around me to help me and I can't function if I don't have those things I mean you have to be something closer to the former than where you are now if you want to sit there with a straight face and say I'm the guy And, and he to his credit was honest afterwards and said I'm not going to be if this doesn't get better. I mean, he wasn't hiding behind the contract or anything like that, but it's when you when you sit there and talk about decisions they've made and think in assumptions they make based on those decisions, one of them is that your quarterback should be able to help you out when some things are going badly, and he can get you out of a, a bad situation. So at least sometimes.
0: Yeah, and, and I understand everybody makes you know has bad days, makes mistakes. But one of the things Kirk says in the ownership, in the accountability that you just talked about after this game, um, he had said that first pick is I think he says it's something I would do in my first NFL game. It's it's a mistake I would make in my first season, maybe is what he said. Not not first game. Yes um well we're far away from that first season and so far away and not only that in the third viking season that's not something you want to hear from your quarterback and certainly it's worse to see it when he actually makes that mistake all right well the vikings head into the bye week at one and five they will host the packers coming out of it
1: they will not host them Uh, sorry 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 they
0: will be traveling to uh green bay uh where the the packers have already announced they will not have fans at lambeau field for that game um so it'll be a division game right out of the gate where the vikings hope to have dalvin cook hope to have a better offense we'll see if they actually do ben
1: next three are division games in fact that's right so Packers, it, lions and then at the bears on monday night yikes this could go
0: i mean yeah the, the
1: vikings the packers are obviously a, a, a
0: matchup that they could lose and fall into one and six but Detroit and Chicago. I'm not going to sit there and say they're gimme wins after watching this.
1: Packers are currently losing 38 to 10 in Tampa, by the way. Woof. Bad day for them down there. But
0: I saw Rogers throw a pick six. Yeah, was, he
1: threw a pick six and had another one. I think that almost got run back for a touchdown. So it kind of they were up, I think, early, and then the the Patri- uh, Patriots, <laughs> the Patriots South, just kind of poured it on after that. So they're going to have their own things to work through. And I I think they I can't remember who they play next week, but. Um. Yeah, they they're gonna have their own issues to figure out, but yeah, you got three division games, two of them against winning teams on the road, and then I think the one after that is the Cowboys in here. No Dak Prescott, so that changes things a little bit there. But yeah, I mean, you lose these next three are not gonna be pushovers by any means, and and you lose to a team like that in Atlanta today that it's a little hard to look at any game on the schedule and say, Oh yeah, that's a win for sure.
0: Yeah. Mike Zimmer was asked, do you consider making any drastic changes? Obviously being asked about the ones he can control, not the ones that would be made above him. And he said, that's what we have to figure out in this bye week the Vikings are going to enter it, trying to figure out what they possibly could change um with not only the personnel but some of the schemes and what the coaches are doing because it's clearly not working. So No, it's not. We'll see what they can do and we will report on it throughout the bye week and into week, I guess it would be 8 against the Packers at Lambeau Field. Please check out all of our work at startribune.com and please download the Access Vikings podcast wherever you get your podcast. Maybe you should get off the podcast.